hallelujah. God, we love you, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Glory! God, we love you today. Praise God. Well, if you have your Bibles, I would like to invite you to turn to the book of Psalms. The 16th Psalm. And as I've been praying and seeking the Lord about this service this morning, this was where I sincerely felt directed. I prayed today that if God would, would like to direct me in another direction, that he would, he would do so and help me to be sensitive enough to know it. But I feel like this is what the Lord would have me to bring to you. The 16th Psalm, I want to say, as you're turning, that what a privilege and an opportunity that I, I, I appreciate the honor that um, it is to be here. I appreciate Pastor Parker for giving me the invitation for us to come and to be a part of these services. I do count it a sincere privilege. And um, I know that Pastor Parker is a great leader in the apostolic movement. He's a hero of the apostolic faith. And uh, you can tell where a man's heart is by what he does. And, uh, and though I've never been to this part of the country uh, in my ministry as of uh, until today, I know that uh, this great man of God is, has hosted many various conferences and camp meetings and youth gatherings because he has a heart for God's people. And, uh, and it is an honor to be with him. And I do appreciate Brother Parker and his good wife and their labor of love that they have given to the Lord in this city. I'm going to appreciate Brother Parker today. And so it is an honor to be here. I appreciate them. appreciate uh, Brother Newman for helping me out and uh, uh, letting me call him. And I've never driven in this kind of uh, territory before in my life. And, you know, I thought I had, I had it mapped out, but I didn't realize the terrain and the weather and, uh, and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but we had a good time coming. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And, uh, what a beautiful area this is. I'm telling you, this is beautiful. I used to think that the South was, was God's country. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm very quickly beginning to change my mind. <laughs> what a beautiful place. I'm going to appreciate the truth today. Appreciate God's mercy and grace that He has given us to be a part of the bride of Christ. 16th Psalm in verse number 5. The scripture said, The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. He said, Yea, I have a goodly heritage. He said, The lions are fallen unto me in pleasant places. And David, no doubt, mapping out the possession that he had been handed from the generation before him, the territory and the possession that he had 
And he said, you know, the lines are falling in pleasant places. And this is not my message, but I will say that some folks get into apostolic Pentecost and want to complain about the lines. But, you know, I wasn't raised in the church. And when the Lord uh, graciously and mercifully brought me to this truth, I'm telling you, when you come out of darkness into the marvelous light, you appreciate where the lines have been drawn by your forefathers that have set up some landmarks. And I do want to just say thank God for it. But I want to talk to you where David said, Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I have a goodly heritage. And I want to talk to you just a little bit about our goodly heritage. And I pray and I've prayed to this that God would help me to be a blessing to some young people here today that you, 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 you're in the church, you love the Lord, and, uh, and some of you that are in the church, but you might not necessarily be so much in love with God. And, but I pray that somehow the Lord will help me to be a blessing to everybody. So I want you to help me pray together for just a few minutes and that God would help us. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for this wonderful truth. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Ghost that we feel. God, help us to be sensitive to your perfect will. Help us, Lord, to obey the will of God today. Help us to be sensitive enough, Lord, to follow after you with all of our heart. God, we love you and we praise you. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to talk to you about our goodly heritage. And before I do get started, I do want to mention one more thing that I am looking forward so very much to hear Brother Marks tonight. And uh, we was going to try to make it last night to hear that great man of God preach. I appreciate Brother Marks and uh, what he has done with his life and allowed God to do with him. Amen. But I want to talk to you about our goodly heritage. And uh, this is going to be a little bit different, but I've had some uh, advice from several elders that I need to do this. So I just want to tell you a little bit about what God did for me and how uh, the Lord has uh, been so gracious to me. And I pray that somehow, some way, something to get in the heart of a young person today and help them to make up their mind to, to love the Lord and, uh, to sell everything they've got to sell in order to purchase the field of truth. And so I want to tell you, when I was 15 years old, my mama and my daddy got me a guitar for Christmas. And, um, you know, my parents, we didn't know anything about God or the Bible or anything. But daddy and mama, they, they, they took notice that I like music. And so they decided to get me this guitar. And I learned to play it. I'm going to make a long story very short because I really want to get to the meat of my message uh, and so, in the process of time, I started playing this guitar and, and learning music. And I wasn't into blues music, what I used to play when I was in the world. That's what I used to play. But at that particular time, I was into some old-fashioned uh, rock and roll type music. Not really the hippie rock, but the era before that. But to make a long story short, I started listening to this music they called the blues. And it was, it was from the cotton fields and the plantations down in the south. And, and so I, I was so heavily influenced by that that m my mother decided that she would take me to, uh, she would give me a birthday present that I would never forget. For my 16th birthday, Mama decided that she would drive me all the way from Johnston County, North Carolina, to where I, uh, to, to Memphis, Tennessee. And because she wanted me to pr pursue my dreams. 
and music. And so at 16 years old, I went to Memphis, and my mother drove me because I couldn't drive. But what happened was, you know, they got this, as some of you know it, some of you heard about it, some of you don't even know about it, and that's all right. Praise the Lord for it. But uh, there was this place they called Bill Street, and there was this long line of clubs and music. This is where Elvis Presley used to go and, and learn his music. And he couldn't get into the clubs at that time because of the way that, uh, you know, things were in the South. But he would sit on the outside and listen uh, to the, the music coming from the inside. Well, uh, 40, 50 years later, here I come as a young man in a totally different scene. But I couldn't even get into the clubs. But, you know, the Lord... We'll make a way for you to serve him, but don't ever forget the devil. If you want to serve the devil in the world, he'll make a way for you to serve him. And so, even though I couldn't even get in the clubs, I was able to get in and, and listen to the music and learn the music. And by the time that I was uh, 16 years old, I was playing professionally in, uh, in different clubs and things like that. And I went back to North Carolina where I was, uh, where I was born and, and so what happened was between the time that I was born and the time I graduated high school, I would, I'd go to uh, Mississippi and go to Memphis. The day after my 16th birthday, I won't ever forget, it turned 16 years old. I was sitting on the street corner and had my guitar case open, people throwing money and just people doing crazy stuff. You know, the world, they, they don't have no kind of restraints. You know, it was just a crazy a 16th birthday present. Well, the next day, my mother decided, she said, well, what do you want to do next? I said, Mama, I want you to take me down to Mississippi because I want to learn how to sing the, the real blues. And so Mama took me to Mississippi. By the time I graduated high school, I was, I was gone every weekend. I was getting in airplanes and flying all over the country and, and uh, driving and, and Thanksgiving va va uh, break at school and, and Christmas break and spring break and summer break. I was gone down to, down to Mississippi and learning the music. I went down way out in the country. They have these little things called tenant houses. And that's, uh, you know, that's where they used to have... Uh, people used to live to, to work on the farm, and they'd share crop. And some of you know what that is, and some of you don't. But let me hurry to where I'm trying to go. What happened was uh, I had a, an invitation from an attorney in, in Nashville, Tennessee. And he was a very prominent attorney. And for his birthday, every year they closed one side, both sides of the street, and they set up a big stage in the street to... Um, uh, to play music and party. Well, there was a lot of record company owners there, uh, a lot of label owners. And, and at the end of the show, they, they came up to me and they asked me if I wanted to make CDs and put out a CD nationwide. So by the time that I was 19 years old, I had my first uh, record deal and I had an entertainment attorney that helped me publish or, or helped me put together my own publishing company. And then I had a management contract with a management group in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Nineteen years old, I was traveling all over the country and singing. And, and, you know, we started out in little clubs and then we went to festivals and, and went to television shows. We did shows. We did uh, uh, commercials on, on television. And, and we, we played at halftime at ball games uh, on television at different uh, uh, college ball games. And, and so, you know, that was the world that I was living in. And 19, 20 years old, that, that's what I wanted. I wanted my name in lights. And I, I wanted to live for this music and for this dream that I was chasing it. And what happened in, in the process of time, uh, we, we would begin to play at larger and larger shows. One time, I won't never forget, playing in front of over 20,000 people 
at one time. Uh, there was You couldn't even see the back of the, of the last person in the crowd because it was just too many people. I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that I had everything the world said you got to have in order to be happy. Had everything the world said you got to have in order to be successful or popular. And you know, man, I'm telling you, every time I turn around, and, uh, man, people was giving me accolades and putting their hands on my back, you know, saying, "Oh, you're doing so good." And mom and daddy was so proud of me. They didn't know anything about the Lord. And and uh, my daddy, bless his heart, he he took me to a little Baptist church uh, every once in a while as I was coming up, not much, but, uh, you know, he, he took me there and, and uh, you know, I didn't see no form of, uh, no real move of God, I didn't even know what a move of God was, but I won't never forget one night I was playing in front of 20,000 people at this particular festival, and I went home, or not to the ho- home, but to the hotel that, that evening, after sitting at a table for uh, hours, the people would come up and they want you to sign your little name to a t-shirt or a CD or or something, and then we'd uh, leave there and go to the hotel, and we'd have the keep the party going, you know. And at the end, after everybody left, I will never forget in front of, and with all of this stuff going on, I was laying there on my bed one night, and uh, I don't know exactly what was going on, but I just believe maybe God was dealing with me. But I was laying on that bed, everybody was gone, and it was in the wee hours of the morning, and I don't know what it was, but something came over me. It was a feeling of emptiness. It was a feeling of a void that that uh, I didn't even understand, didn't know it was there. And so I laid there and cried on my bed, and uh, I literally thought that I was losing my mind. I really thought that I was having some kind of uh, mental issue because I was loving the life that I was singing about, and I was loving the life that I was living. But you know what? Everybody in the world ain't as happy as they make themselves out to be. You know I'm telling the truth. Everybody in this the world that chases the dreams and the goals and the accolades of this world, you know they ain't always. They got to might have a smile on their face, but it ain't always got a smile on their heart. And I was one of those people that get up on the stage and give it all I got and sing and, and smile. And I man, I'm telling you, I had fun when I was in the world. I thought that I was having a good time. I loved what I was doing in the world. And I want you to know. Oh, but I laid there on that bed that night and I was crying I was thinking something is wrong with me and I thought I must be losing my mind because I got everything that I've ever wanted and on my way to get everything that I've ever dreamed of and so before it was over with we was we was playing all over the country and all over out of the country Canada and Mexico and, and uh, flying and cruise ships and and playing uh, we, we was playing shows with uh, you know, big famous people. I ain't gonna call none of their names. Uh, they ain't really got a name, really. There ain't but one name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. I didn't know anything about that back then, but I was chasing that dream. I was chasing that worldly lifestyle. And, and I just want to tell you, if we're not careful, sometimes we can let the glitter and the glamour of so-called worldly amusement get into our crawl, so to speak, and say, well, maybe grass is greener on the other side. I want to tell you something. There ain't nothing like having a Holy Ghost experience. There ain't nothing like living for God and being separate, knowing who Jesus this is ain't nothing worth living for than this glorious gospel this apostolic truth that you and I possess today hallelujah oh Jesus 
I don't want to get too carried away because I want to, I want to tell you what happened to me. Woo! Well, the bishop says, I'll do whatever he says. Praise God. This is what happened. You know, um, in the process of time, I went back down to Mississippi where I was living. I, I moved from North Carolina and went down to Mississippi and I was living there. And what happened was I was, you know, I was thinking about my soul. I believed the Bible. I believed the Bible was God's Word. I got to think about my soul. I went down to this large, uh, we, we apostolics, and, and you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't, uh, maybe if this was Sunday morning, I might choose my words a little more carefully. Maybe, maybe not, but. But let me just let me just say that it, you know I went down to this real large Baptist church, and at the end of the the, the message, the man asked, "Does anybody want to get saved?" And so I went down there. You know, I was thinking, man, I got all this other stuff going on. I might as well make sure I'm going to heaven. You know, <laughs> well, I'm telling you, that's just the way the world thinks. You know, it just it's a little sideline deal. You know, it's just it's a sideline deal. But, you know, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you got to love Him with all of your heart. Man, that's the first of all the commandments. You know, God ain't, ain't second place. He's not going to be second place. And you know what? As good as God's been to us, oh, help us, Holy Ghost. we ought to want to put Him in first place. But I didn't know anything about that. I went down there to that Baptist church and they said, anybody want to get saved? I went down there and they, they said, repeat the prayer. I did the sinner's prayer. And they said, well, now you need to get baptized. And I went and got baptized in the titles. And, you know, uh, I went, you know, did everything they told me to do. I thought, man, I'm saved. And I went on living just like the same old devil I'd always been living, you know. And, and I went to the juke joint that night and sang the blues. And, uh, you know, but I thought I was okay with God. I thought I was okay. Okay, but you know what happened? It's, it's something how the Lord uh, works in your life. In the process of time, I met this man down in South, uh, not South Mississippi, but in Batesville, Mississippi, that uh, he was a, a friend of mine. He became a friend of mine. He played the harmonica. So all of this stuff is going on, and, and uh, he played this music, and he was into this music, and he became like a father figure to me, or even maybe a grandfather, more like a father figure to me. And I didn't have any family in Mississippi, and he would come uh, bring me to his house, and, and we'd have Thanksgiving and Christmas and holidays and stuff. And so I, I didn't have my family, and so I'd, I'd go down to their house. Well, he was into the music. He was into the, to the blues, and, and, you know, he was going to the clubs, and he went, and he would follow me when I was not on the road, and I'd be back in Mississippi. He would go to the clubs and play music with me. You know, he was living the same kind of life I was living. And what happened was, one day we was out driving down this long gravel road. And he told me something that I won't never forget. I remember the day he told me. He said, son, he said, I want to tell you something. You didn't know anything about me. But he said, I want you to know that my mama and my daddy, they didn't have a lot of money when we were coming up. He said, we were raised sharecroppers. We were raised there on the plantation. He said, mama and daddy didn't have a lot of money. He said, but they left me a goodly heritage. And I'm wasting it. And I didn't know exactly what he was talking about. So he said, let me, little by little, he would explain to me what he meant. He took me down to the first Pentecostal church of Batesville, Mississippi. 
He took me by the church. He said, you see that church? We bricked that church in 1957. It was first started. There was zero, there was no apostolic church in that city. And uh, he said, me and my mom and my daddy, they carried me to this church. And so little by little, he didn't tell me all at once, but little by little, he would tell me how he was raised. He would begin to tell me about revivals they used to have. He would tell me about seeing old men dancing on the backs of the pews. Uh, you know, he just telling me about all kind of things I didn't understand, you know. And little by little, he would tell me these things. Well, this is what happened. By the time my first CD was in stores, it was in stores all over the country. And uh, you could go any major uh, CD music shop and you could get it. I'm getting back to my friend, but I have to intervene with this. And so it was two weeks to the day that my CD came out in stores all over the country. My mama called me that uh, the day before, and, and she was, man, we're so proud of you. That's what she was saying, you know. We're so proud of you. You got, every, you know, we just, you got your music in stores. My daddy called me, and he was so excited because I had my music in these, in these, in these stores, you know. And, but it was two weeks to the day that I had that released. And I was going to eat breakfast there at the Cracker Barrel with my friend who used to be in, was raised in the church. And he believed the message. And he would tell me about this message every now and then. He, little by little, he would tell me little things about the truth. And I was going to eat breakfast with him, of course, but he was in the world just like I was living. And so we were going to celebrate my CD coming out all over the country. And you know, I will never forget waking up that Friday morning. I remember the things that I had on my mind. I was thinking, man, you know, we, we got this contract to go on tour with... This certain artist and or singer or whatever, and uh, I went down to eat breakfast with him. When I got out of my van and I walked towards his truck, you know what happened that Friday morning? God started the dealing with him, and he went back to to the one of the uh, I don't know the uh, family heirlooms, I guess, in his house, and he got out this old tape. It was from 1968. And it was the saints of the First Pentecostal Church. They had a radio program every Sunday morning. And they had a radio program with singing and testifying and preaching. And so I got out of my van going to eat breakfast. And going, we were going to go to Cracker Barrel and celebrate. But he, God got to dealing with him. And he got this tape and started playing it. By the time that I got close to his truck, I could hear the music coming from inside of that truck. And I will never forget, I put my hand underneath the handle to open the door. And a tear came down one side of my face. I'd never heard anybody singing like that. I'd never heard anybody testifying like they was testifying. I'm telling you, I surely had never heard anybody preach the way that pastor was preaching on that tape. When I sat down in that truck, the Holy Ghost hit me. And it just sat upon me like they used to say, like a ton of bricks. I got to crying and weeping in that truck and squalling. And I didn't really understand what was going on, but I knew that it was the Lord. And God was dealing with me about my soul. And we backed out of that park, uh, that parking lot, whatever he had, and, and was going to Cracker Barrel. He had that tape going. And, and I mean, I'm telling you, I don't tell everybody because some folks think you're crazy. But I just want to tell some young people here today that you can have an encounter with God and God will manifest Himself to you. 
You know that's what Jesus said the Holy Ghost would do when he sent it into the world. He said, I will manifest myself to my disciples. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost started knocking on the doors of my heart. I thought I was saved up to that moment. I thought that I was okay with God up to that point. They told me I was saved. I believed it when they told me. But when I felt the difference, God convinced me that there was a whole lot more to it than what I had. I want to tell somebody today, we have a goodly heritage. The old he you might be here today and you might be struggling with your experience with God but I want to tell you that God is not slack concerning his promise every promise in the book is mine the promise is unto you to your children to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call I want to tell you today we got something worth living for we got something worth selling everything out he calls How many appreciate the heritage that God gave you? Jesus! Hallelujah! I want you to know. Lord, I didn't really want you to take some. I want you to know what happened. By the time we pulled up at the cracker barrel. I mean, he pulled up to the door and he was fixing to let me out and we were going to go in there and eat. But I was sitting in that seat and I was squalling and crying and felt like tingling just all over me. And I want you to know the only way that I could ever describe it is that it felt like a hand reached inside of my chest and wrapped itself around my heart, pulling me to that radio station, pulling me to where they were singing and preaching and singing them old time Pentecost songs. I want you to know that God began to deal with me. I didn't know anything about the Bible, but there was a scripture that came to my mind over and over and over again that said, what would it profit a man if he should gain the world and lose his soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Once you have lost your soul, what are you going to do in order to get it back? You won't have anything left if you've given over your soul to the world. Man, I was sitting there, and I was crying, and I was weeping, and I was squalling. I'm telling you, it wasn't no little bitty crying that I'd ever experienced. I was sitting in that seat just convulsing, crying and weeping. God was letting me know that I was a whole lot more than what I experienced. God was letting me know, really, the low-down sinner I really was. You know what Jesus said when the Spirit of Truth... It's come, it would convince the world. Reprove the world of sin. Y'all know it means that he would convince them. Convict them. God was convicting me. I thought I was saved, but I was really a sinner. And God was, God was letting me know. I was feeling His love, and I was feeling His mercy, and I was feeling His grace. But when you feel something so holy, and so pure, and so... And so oh, it's so precious as that. You realize when you're in the world and in darkness that you've never really experienced anything like that. And I knew 
that day, you know, like Isaiah said, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. When I felt something so holy and pure and precious, I started just crying because I knew that I, I knew that I just could not stand and sit in this and feel what was going on. And that scripture kept playing over in my mind. And I got to thinking, you know what? God didn't make me to sing no blues. God didn't create me to live a worldly life. God didn't create me to go down to the bar rooms and, and help homes break up and young people get destroyed on drugs and, and marriages go to the pot. I'm just telling you, God let me know there was another reason for me to be living. I want every young person in here to know that God has created you with a purpose. God has created you to do something. God has created you to manifest God and, and this gospel to a lost world that is on his way to hell. You got a purpose. You got a plan. God has created you for something great. Hallelujah. He calls Woo! Oh, Jesus. Well, I'm not even going to get to finish, I don't believe. We ain't even got to the church yet. I'm still at the door of Cracker Barrel. He didn't park there. I mean, he was going to let me out. I was going to get a table and he's going to go park. But I was crying and swallowing so hard. Hunched over that seat, I looked at him and I said, I can't go in there like this. That's what I told him. I said, take me, this is what I told him. I said, take me down to the water. I said, today is my day. I'm ready. That's what I told him. He said, well, he said, I know exactly what you need. We're going to go there. And we're going to, you're going to get what you need today. So, I'm making a long story really short. I'm telling you, God has done some just gracious things. I appreciate God's mercy, God's grace in bringing us this wonderful message. Oh, Jesus. And so um, what happened was we went to a, an old elder's house. He wasn't a preacher, but he was a pillar member in the church that he would, that my friend was raised up in. Now, my friend, at that time, I guess he was in his late 50s. And uh, he was nine years old in 1957. And, and, uh, and I believe he was in his late 50s. Now, the pillar of the church was a whole lot older than him. And we walked, we, we drove up to the man's, uh, up to the, the driveway. And this, this old elder come walking out the house. And he come, he walked up to the window and he, and, uh, my friend, uh, rolled the window down where I was sitting. And that, that old, that old brother, he walked up to the window and he looked at me and I looked up at him and I was hunched over that seat and I was crying. I didn't really know what to say. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know what to do, but I looked at him and I said, help me. He put his hand on the windowsill. I will never forget it. He said, hold on, son. He said, help is on the way. That's what he told me. And he told the man who was driving the truck, my friend, he said, you take him down to the church. Even though it was a Friday morning, the pastor worked a secular job at the post office 15 miles away. He said, I just believe that maybe the pastor's there. And you know what? We went down to the church that Friday morning. Still listening to that tape. Still listening to that preaching and that singing. We got down to the church and the pastor was there and there was an evangelist with him. And, and the pastor got out and, and came up to me and he said, I know you. He looked at me and he said, I know you. And I'd seen him before and, uh, and, and I'd seen him. Uh, and, 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 you know, he said, I know you. He said, you're the blues singer from Como, Mississippi. Como, the little town we live. And he said, you're the blues singer from Como. I said, I didn't know really what to say except I knew that God had let me know I couldn't do it no more. I said, not anymore, I ain't. <laughs> 
That's what I, I didn't mean it disrespectfully, but I just said, that's what I told him. Because I realized, man, wait, how, you know, what am I going to do? How can I go back? I know people can backslide. I know we got to take heed unless uh, we fall. I believe that. Man, I believe that with all of my heart, but I'm just telling you. Man, what, what, I mean, when you, God has given you something to do, and how in the world could you just go back and waste it in vanity? I mean, just waste it in just something that's just go melt away with a fervent heat. I mean, it, and I just realized at that moment, I said, I just, you know, not anymore. And so I asked him, I said, can you help me? He said, well, he said, I'm going to open up the doors of that church. And uh, there's an altar in there. You can go down to that altar. I will never forget. He opened the doors of that church. I went down through the foyer. They had a big old mirror. And right there as you look at I can remember it in my mind's eye. I can see it just as clear as yesterday. I looked in the mirror as I walked by and tears streaming down my face. And my, my eyes just bloodshot red and, and sweat uh, soaking in my shirt and I went down to that altar I went right down there to this side of the pulpit and I got down on my hands and knees and I began to ask God to forgive me of all of my sins I began repenting of my sin I said God forgive me because I realized I needed forgiveness and so it was a few minutes went by I mean I was squalling at that, at that altar and the pastor got an old Bible it wasn't this one, it was kind of like it though, but he had this old, old Bible on the platform and he walked down to me. And he said, son, he said, you need to read something. And you know, I believe the, the Bible was right. And you know, I didn't know what it was said, but I believe the Bible was right. And, uh, and you know, he handed me that Bible and I remember, it just, he opened it up to Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost is fully come. Y'all know the scripture. I ain't got to quote it. He let me read Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. And I mean, I, I don't know how much of Acts chapter 2 we read, but I do remember when we got to Acts 2 and 37. When they were pricked in their heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Oh, I looked at that and I said, that's my question. I, what, what do I, I mean, I got to do something here. And he said, just let me read it. I read Acts 2.38. I said, I need to get baptized in Jesus' name. I need, I need you to get, take me down that water. They took me and they baptized me in Jesus' name. I won't never forget it. And first, they let me uh, pray a little while for the Holy Ghost. I didn't get the Holy Ghost that day, but I got the Holy Ghost. Um, I, I don't know if I have time to even tell all that. Uh, but uh, because I got somewhere I'm going before I close. Uh, but, I, man, we prayed and we prayed. Man, I'm telling you, I felt God. I felt the Spirit of the Lord. I never felt anything like that. But they baptized me in Jesus' name. Got somebody to go pick me up a change of clothes. And, and man, they used to sing this old song where I was from. I heard people singing it. They said, I went down the water. Water was chilly and cold. Chilled my natural body, but it did not hurt my soul. You know, and I thought, man, I didn't really know what they were singing about. But the day I got baptized in Jesus' name, I came up out of that water. And I knew that God had done something in my life I knew that there was a difference and I knew that I I had to make some phone calls I went and had to make some phone calls. I left the church that, that Sunday morning, or Friday morning rather, there was only about four or five people, four or five men in the church. Oh, I don't have time to tell it all and I'm not even going to try. But this is what happened. Uh, when when we, we got out, out the door and my friend looked at me, I just this is just what the Lord did. And I appreciate him for it. Uh, but uh, my friend looked at me and he said, Well, you want to go to Cracker Barrel now? 
you, you know, the thing is, man, it was just so overwhelming. Man, how? I just couldn't do it. I mean, how, how, how could I just... I mean, I know, I mean, there's nothing wrong, wouldn't nothing be wrong with it, but I... I mean, after experiencing what I experienced, I said, how can I eat after that? And I said, I heard something uh, about something in the Bible where people fasted. <laughs> I said, you reckon we could do that today? <laughs> I never fasted in my life. <laughs> oh, my. And you know what? I remember we went, we drove all over the state. We, we drove, man, we drove from Batesville, Mississippi, all the way close to Alabama. And we, we, we stopped at this, I will never forget, we stopped at this gas station to get a bottle of water. And they had some fresh cathead biscuits in the, the thing, you know, where they were serving food. But you know what? I didn't touch them. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now I'm just thankful for the Lord. You know, I do believe where much is given, much is required. But here's what happened. My friend, he looked at me and, and he said, well, he said, I want to tell you. He said, don't expect everybody you know to be as excited as you are about what happened to you today. I said, well, I got to make some phone calls. So I had to call. I mean, as soon as we left church, I got on the phone. I thank God I had a friend that was, man, he was, he was there for me. Man, he was supporting me. He, he, was, he had my back. And... Uh, and he just, he kept encouraging me. He said, I'm, I'm just telling you, you're going to tell some of your family and your friends they're not going to understand. Some of them are not. He said, some of them are going to gonna just, told, they're going to tell you, all oh, they've heard it before. Oh, you'll be back. You'll be just like you were, whatever, you know. And uh, he said, but you just remember what happened to you today. And I thank God for a friend. And I do want to say to some of you young people here today that if you've got a friend that is helping you serve the Lord, at least encouraging you in serving the Lord. I'm telling you, you need to cherish them. You need to cherish them. You need to hold them dear to your heart. And so I called my mama. I called my record company. I called my manager. And uh, this is... I called my, my record company and I didn't hear from them. I left them a message. I didn't get to talk to them. I called my... My manager, and you know what my manager said? She said, well, she said, you'll be all right. She said, you, just a couple of weeks, you'll be back singing the blues. You know, she said, I'm glad what happened to you today. And I said, well, I'm not going to be singing the blues anymore. She said, oh, you know, it's good what happened, but you'll, you'll be back singing. And I said, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to be going back to, to, to singing. And, and so then I called my mama on the phone. You know, well, you think sometimes your mom would understand if you wanted to serve the Lord, you know. Sometimes, I mean, I don't know about y'all. I'm sure there's a few here that's got parents that ain't serving God. Sometimes you just got to serve the Lord in spite of what everybody else that you love is saying. Mama said, I said, Mama... I said, you won't never believe what happened to me just a few minutes ago. I told Mama, I said, I got baptized in Jesus' name down at this Pentecostal church. 
And I, she said, oh, that's great. I said, yeah, it is. I said, but, you know, Mama, I'm not going to be singing the blues anymore. I said, I'm going to be singing gospel music from now on. And my mama said, oh, she said, uh, no. She said, you can still sing the blues and be a good Christian. And you know, and all I knew to say was, mama, if you had just felt what I just felt, you'd understand why I don't want to go back and sing that kind of music anymore. Then Mama said, oh, son. She said, who you been hanging around? That's what she said. She said, somebody's done brainwashed you. You know what? I, I, I didn't know what to say to Mama when she said that. But you know what? It don't really, you know, I know people get scared of that word brainwashed, you know. Now, I didn't know what to say to Mama then, but, you know, I know what to say now. Of all of the junk and the crud and the filth and the muck and the mire that the world had put into my mind and into my brain, I needed a good brainwashing. That's what a benefit society if they just get washed in the blood of Jesus. Let me just say long enough that you might be struggling with something that the world is trying to cram down your throat and down your mind and put in your spirit. I'm telling you there ain't nothing that a good blood washing, a blood bath and the precious blood of the Lamb won't solve, won't cure. All you need is a good blood washing. Musicians come, I'm getting ready to be done. How many appreciate your heritage? Some of you got mamas and daddies that have fasted and prayed and done everything they could to hand it to you. It's like my friend who told me about this truth. He said, Mama and Daddy took me to church. He said, when we had regular services four nights a week, he said, that didn't include revival. He said, he said, Mom and Daddy did everything they could to give me this wonderful truth. And he said, I'm wasting it. And, uh, and you know, some of you have got mamas and daddies that don't know anything about it. But you know what? You still ought to thank God because when God gives you a goodly heritage... When God gives it to you. You know, you might have received a knowledge of it from your mom and daddy, but I'm telling you, when God gives you something, He gives you something that nobody else can give you. Nobody else can give you. I want to just pray right now, just for a second. Lord Jesus, God, we love you. Lord, we appreciate truth today. Oh, God, we love this wonderful truth. Oh, God, we love this message. Oh, Jesus. I want to say that this world and religious society and modernistic trend of humanism that is going on 
trying to get young people to doubt the Bible. Trying to get young people to say, well, there's got to be more than just this way. I'm telling you, you need to put that lie under your feet today. I'm telling you, you need to understand what has been handed to you. You need to understand what has been given to you as, as a treasure. You need to get a revelation of how precious this is. I'm telling you how precious this is. That you know that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. There's people dying going to hell every day. They ain't never heard that. And you and I have got something so precious. I'm telling you we need to be thankful. For this goodly heritage. But I'm telling you we need to cast every lie that the devil has tried to throw at us. Throw at us and get us to believe some false doctrine. And getting us to lighten up on what we believe. I'm just telling some young person today. Oh God, I would to God you'd come down to this altar. And you would sincerely say, God, I have a goodly heritage. And somebody said, well, I ain't got a testimony like, like somebody's been brought out of the world. I'm telling you what a testimony that it is that there was a Daniel in Persia. What a testimony that it is that there was a Shadrach and a Meshach and a Abednego and in that land, in that nation where everything that was vile and wicked was being presented to them. But no, they said, uh-uh. They said, I've got something too precious to sell out to the world. I'm telling you, every young person's got a testimony. Whether you were brought on a church van, somebody invited you, or your mom and daddy brought you to church when you were a baby, you've got a right to be faithful. You've got a reason to be faithful because you've got a goodly heritage. God has given you something precious. I want to invite you to come to this altar right now. For just a few minutes on this Thursday morning, I think we can take a little time to be thankful for the truth. I think we can have time to tell God we appreciate the privilege of being baptized in Jesus' name. Being filled with the Holy Ghost. Oh, come on, come on. We've got time to tell God thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful message of truth. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given us a treasure and an earthen vessel that now we can be an ambassador for God and Christ's kingdom. We can let the whole world know what living is all about. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus, for where you brought us. Thank you, Jesus, for where you've carried us. Come on, I want you to open up your mouth right now. Open up your heart. I want you to look down in your heart. I want you to look and I want you to do some soul searching in your heart saying, God, I really want to cherish this. God, I want to want to cherish this. I want to hold this dear to me. God, I know this is a treasure to me. I give myself away. Come on, Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for truth. God, thank you for the privilege. Thank you, Jesus, for the church. I give myself away. Thank you for the church of the living so God. You can use me. I give myself away. Oh God, I give myself away. So you can use me. Give myself away.
life is not my own. To you I belong. Lord, I give myself, I give myself to you. Thank you, Lord. To you. God, there's a deep thankfulness in my heart. Oh, thank you for the word of testimony and the word of the Lord we've heard this morning. Oh, it's holding nothing. With holding nothing. Lord, I surrender all to you. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, withholding nothing, Lord, I give myself away, Lord, I give myself away. 